listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. We'd like to welcome to this episode of Dairy Voice, Richard Stoop of uh, the Cornell Agricultural Workforce Development Program. We're going to talk about the coronavirus and issues around how dairy farmers can respond and help their families and their employees and their operations. Richard has long experience working with employee management issues, and we certainly appreciate his uh, speaking with us in this episode. Richard, welcome to, welcome to Dairy Voice. Yes. Uh, yeah. Call me uh, Rich Joel, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you today. We uh, know that you've been publishing information, and you've had a webinar even very recently on this whole topic of uh, steps that dairy managers need to think about in protecting their families and their workforce uh, and their dairy operations in light of the coronavirus pandemic. Talk a little bit about kind of the first steps and the initial activities that, that a dairy farm manager needs to think about. I think the place to start really is with leadership. That is, I think everyone's come to to realize, certainly in the last few days, that this is a real issue, um, that it has a chance to impact our businesses in dramatic ways. Um, It's already impacting our economy in dramatic ways. And um, what we're uh, trying to do is is help rally our industry to really, really focus on the pandemic and really focus on what um, we can all do um, within this great industry that we have have uh, agriculture to um, to make sure that our employees are taken care of, that we're able to continue to produce and continue to um, send you know food to those uh, to those consumers that need it. So leadership again is at least to start getting everyone focused and, and realizing that um, we can do things. Um, we can be very active about those basic things that the Centers for Disease Control has been telling us. Things like uh, washing hands, things like maintaining social distance so that we're not easily transmitting the coronavirus. Things like uh, routine cleaning of the workplace, routine cleaning of our housing locations, all all those things that that, um, if leaders step up, provide information, provide training, and set clear expectations about them, all those uh, little detailed things are much more likely to happen. And the result will hopefully be a healthier workforce, uh, less risk, and uh, businesses that continue to operate with minimal interruption. Well, and we know that uh, our dairy industry and dairy farmers, agriculture in general, has been designated by states that are closing down many businesses as uh, a vital business segment that needs to continue. So we have both the opportunity and the obligation, I think, to try to continue to to milk our cows and ship milk. And we can be grateful for that opportunity, but there's some some things we have to think about. I think one of the things we've heard from uh, the recommendations to employers in general, I think it applies to dairy folks too particularly is uh, communicating with employees. How should that look? Uh, Our communications with employees um, certainly is affected um, by this environment. On one hand, uh, as I mentioned, leadership, uh, it's important for us to to, to talk to our employees and to to get them focused on on the right things and the essential things right now. But at the same time, this uh, virus and the actions that we need to take to prevent it push us apart um, through the social distancing and through the need to not get together in our our normal ways of of having a meeting um, 
um, or, or even the, the normal human interactions of shaking hands. Those things are, are things that we shouldn't be doing right now. We need to be very deliberate and very focused on how we lead. So again, laying out some of those things that are most important for us to focus on uh, in terms of preventing and keep, uh, infection and keeping the workforce safe, but also doing that in ways um, such as different ways of communication. So maybe we are using texting more. Maybe we are writing on the whiteboard more. Maybe we are finding different ways to reach out and communicate to um, all of our employees to keep day-to-day operation going well, keeping everyone focused and reminded about some of these new behaviors that they need to do, like like some of the cleaning and social distancing that we that we mentioned already. It's kind of a conundrum uh, because the virus is, is forcing us uh, apart, but at the same time, we need to almost ramp up our communications and our leadership of our teams. Where can a dairy farm manager find clear information about the major points that should be shared with employees? Well, I think a good place to start right now is uh, we just did a webinar here on uh, March 20th. That uh, webinar, you can actually find the recording of the webinar and you can find a uh, PDF document that has all the slides with hot links uh, in it. You can find that at our website, which is agworkforce.cals.cornell.edu. So that's a a good place to start. But that being said, there's a number of other resources that, that are mobilizing very quickly. National Milk Producers Federation has put out some excellent documents already. I know that certainly every cooperative extension uh, organization across the country um, is mobilizing the, their resources to, to provide information local um, to your state where you might be operating. So I would reach out to, to extension. State government is also putting out information, um, but some of that, of course, is not going to be farm specific. Some of the uh, agribusinesses have also started to, um, to develop information as well. So I I would go ahead and reach out to those organizations, check out their websites, and uh, th- those are several spots to get started. And another another place to really focus, and I think everyone needs paying attention to, is the Centers for Disease Control. Um, that is our nationwide leading organization, and uh, we, we spotlighted in, in the presentation that I mentioned a lot of CDC information. And a lot of that is basic information, how to clean, how to you know maintain social distance, which chemicals will actually work and are approved to, to destroy biological organisms. A lot of the CDC materials is in the format of posters, and most of it is in uh, multiple languages, certainly English and Spanish, but then it's in uh, many other languages too. So I encourage producers to access those CDC resources, to print those posters, especially the ones that have visuals um, along with them. Print those out, post them in the workplace, post them if you provide uh, employee housing, post in those locations and uh, begin to take a more active role in, in, in managing um, hygiene um, and uh, interaction of employees uh, in all those locations. You mentioned just in your last sentence, managing the hygiene. In your webinar, you made it a point to specifically say that this is not just uh, casual cleaning or regular cleaning, that you uh, you're advocating both in the workplace on the dairy and if the farm provides uh, housing for employees, I think you advocate that uh, dairy managers take a real active role in making sure this happens. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, we, so I'll focus on the workplace uh, first because that's a little bit easier. And you know, most farms, you know, do a, a reasonable job um, with the normal cleaning of, of their operation. But I've yet to run into a farm where the doorknobs are cleaned on a routine basis. So certainly there are locations like that in this time of, of this global pandemic where it's important to step up that cleaning routine on a both weekly and daily basis. Certain things should be cleaned every day. So the break room, the, the bathroom, the doorknobs, and just think of all those control buttons and switches around the dairy facility and uh, uh, pieces of equipment and tools that are used by multiple people day in and day out and touched multiple times. Great locations for, for the coronavirus to, to, to be harbored and spread from one employee to another. So uh, you need to think those things through. But many uh, dairy farms provide housing for employees. And let's take a, a moment and step back and think about that. In many cases, uh, that housing is group housing. You've got you know, multiple people living in one location with a shared bathroom, shared kitchen area, plenty of opportunity for transmission of the virus. And also, in many cases, it might be very challenging to, to separate um, sick individuals from other healthy individuals that are there. So we need to really be thinking through how we might manage um, this scenario. And so we've been in, in New York working on uh, improving management of that uh, employee or the farm provided employee housing in the last few years. I want everyone to keep in mind that if you're the farm owner and you own that housing as well, yes, it is the place where your employees live. And yes, they have certainly an expectation of privacy that's in many cases, depending on your state, it's written into the law. But it's also, you know, human decency and respect that they have a certain level of privacy and, and control over their living space. At the same time, as the farm owner, um, you own that uh, property and ultimately you are responsible for it. And so when something bad happens, uh, like the housing is not maintained or um, it's just a, a hard, you know, a bad housing situation, then that's, that's the farm's responsibility. No individual employee um, will ever be held accountable for those, for those, those issues. And in this situation, uh, for our industry, I, th I think it's important for us uh, as leaders, as, as farm uh, leaders, to, to step up and to manage um, the, and, and be sure that for the best interests of the people who live in the employer-provided housing, for the farms, for the welfare of our communities, and for the welfare and for the, the, the good perception of our whole industry, it's important that we not have a disaster happening where we've got coronavirus spreading throughout our population of employees. Employees, and we didn't take um, sufficient steps to try to control and manage that situation. I don't want agriculture to be caught in a situation where we didn't do what we could have done to prevent coronavirus from infecting our employees and, and really harming our workforce. So you're suggesting strategies such as uh, buying, making sure that, or providing cleaning equipment, uh, soaps and, and detergents, disinfectants, actually working side by side with the employees on a cleaning protocol and explaining why that's important. That's right. So providing all those tools, as you mentioned, Joel, the cleaners, um, the, the supplies that they might need to, to do that cleaning. In some cases, it might involve training on how to, how to be effective at, at cleaning things and, and also establishing cleaning management patterns. So daily and weekly schedules where responsibility is assigned to individuals and that uh, someone is managing that and making sure that that cleaning is happening the way it needs to, needs to happen. 
another element of all this is uh, encouraging folks who don't feel well to stay home or stay away from the job. As we've mentioned, and we all know, in agriculture, the tendency is to buck up and suck it up and, and get to work. Others are counting on you. The cows are counting on you. But in this particular environment, it seems like throughout the economy, as well as on our farms, that's a trend or that's a trade, I guess, that we have to step back from. Talk about sick leave and how you can encourage employees to uh, be aware of their health and, and not come to work when they're sick. That's right. Yeah. You know, the, the culture that we set on farms um, is really important. And, and, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, that's, uh, that's an ad- admirable part of most farms culture. You know, hey, I grew up on a dairy farm and uh, got sick or got a cold. Uh, you know, you just pretty much work through it. You, know, you might take a little bit extra time to rest, but you kind of work through that situation and keep on going. And, uh, you know, most farmers that, uh, that I know are, are pretty proud of, of being able to do that. And I think that in many cases, most farm employees are the same way, um, kind of a, adopted that culture and uh, there's that kind of independence and toughness that uh, you know we don't see as as, uh, commonly throughout the rest of our society but in this case with a virus going around like this toughing it out might be a very good way to turn an individual problem into a workforce disaster I mean you just need to think about a virus and the nature of that virus is to spread and a sick person is going to be depositing that virus throughout the workplace on every one of those doorknobs and tools and wherever they touch and wherever they cough and some germs are spread around in the workplace. And then four or five other people come along and they pick up and end up developing the disease and they spread it to others. And a virus is made to do exactly that pattern. And suddenly we've got lots and lots of sick people. And then we're spreading it, you know, even outside of the farm and and really becoming a a problem situation. So CDC's first recommendation for a sick person is to stay home, stay isolated from the other people. But when we need to consider our sick leave policies um, in our business because if an employee has no paid sick time and I'm working five days for easy math this week and um, if if I give up one or two of those days that's 20 or 40 percent of my income for that week and so some people financially may not be able to stand that they may feel financially obligated to come to work even though I'm feeling sick or they may feel that in some cases employees feel that there will be consequences for them that they'll get in trouble if they don't show up for work and work through sickness. And we um, farm managers need to acknowledge those thoughts, need to address them directly, need to consider, what do I do? Do I uh, provide sick pay in order to prevent that scenario from from playing out? Because I just can't afford to have my workforce devastated by coronavirus or or even the flu for that matter. So encourage sick employees to stay home. If an employee shows up to work and they are sick, you're within your rights um, as an employer to send that person home and you, you should do so to protect the rest of the workforce and uh, so it's it's a different way of thinking about this but the stakes are very high and uh, you know we're trying to protect each other but we're also trying to protect our businesses and our viability going forward. on that topic we've seen uh, national legislation just emerging that appears as if it could provide some help to uh, business owners in terms of providing some support for uh, paid sick leave. We're in a conversation here without the opportunity for uh, slide sets and and, uh, those sorts of things, but can you summarize a little bit what it looks like is coming through in terms of legislation to support paid sick leave? 
Yeah, that's that's an important topic. It's coming through at, at such a fast pace that um, it'll make your head spin. But the, the federal government is passing legislation legislation almost every day. And um, state government governments uh, here in New York uh, certainly have passed a number of things. But I'm sure uh, state governments all over the country are, are doing the same thing in response to this pandemic. The federal government has passed laws uh, that address, it's called the Families First uh, Coronavirus Response. Response Act, and uh, it addresses uh, businesses with fewer than 500 employees, which is going to cover most all farms. What it does is a couple of things. It does offer sick leave up to 80 hours uh, for uh, employees and uh, with full pay for them being sick or two-thirds pay if they are caring for another person who is sick. And uh, employer employers can get that sick leave time reimbursed to them through their Social Security tax payments. So in other words, if you have an employee who takes the, the 80 hours uh, of sick time, you pay that employee uh, because they're sick or quarantined and you pay them for those 80 hours, then you can, get, um, you can use that as an offset against your typically quarterly social security tax, the six and a half percent that you pay for your employees. You know, as long as it's only a small, relatively small number of employees who are out sick, then that um, social security tax should offset it. But if you had a lot of employees out, then social security tax wouldn't offset all of that. And the government has said that they will make up the difference if the social security tax doesn't offset it. That's part of it. Another part of it is that the Family Medical Leave Act, um, which ordinarily applies to only uh, businesses with 50 or more employees has now been changed. And both of these provisions I'm talking about are one-year emergency acts. But for, for this one year, the FMLA um, has been changed so that uh, an employee who needs to take care of a child who's out of school um, or whose child care provider is unavailable uh, can leave for up to 12 weeks. And you as the employer have to protect that job, meaning that you have to offer that job back to them or a similar job back to them after they return after the period of time. It doesn't necessarily have to be 12 weeks. And while they're away, um, they uh, can get two-thirds pay during that period of time. And I guess the advice would be for any business owner, farmer, otherwise, to pay close attention to what's, what's coming down the pike in terms of legislation, both of things that are required as well as reimbursements that might be offered. That's right. And I, I'm only giving a very, very high level overview. And that just passed on the 18th. So there's been almost no time to really sure. sort through it and understand it. But yeah, pay attention to your to your state farm bureaus and to your membership organizations um, and, and other agencies that you get your information from on a regular basis. I'm sure your agribusiness providers will also be sharing more information as we all understand these changes more in the coming weeks. One other area that most farm businesses today have any number of uh, agri-service personnel coming on the dairy, whether it's the milk callers, of course, uh, AI, DHI testers, nutritionists, uh, feed delivery. What should a dairy manager be thinking about in terms of the people who are going to come on the dairy? Yeah, it's interesting. We usually think of uh, dairy farms uh, out in rural locations as being relatively isolated, uh, but the reality is we're not. You start thinking through all the people that come on to your dairy, certainly for a week, but even inside of a day, there's a lot of people who come in and out and interact with the dairy in one way or another, whether it's a, a mail caller who might be there many times a week, or uh, delivery people who are often there every day, maybe multiple delivery people are at the 
the farm every day. It varies how much interaction they have. Sometimes they have to come in and actually talk with someone, maybe get a package signed or something like that. The milk hauler, you know, how, how much do they need to come in and, and interact in the barn and things like that. There's also the feed dealers um, and other suppliers, the nutritionist that comes to the farm, the veterinarian who comes to the farm on a regular basis. There are a lot of people who are in and out of farms on a regular basis. And I'm sure that list could, could go on and on. You can name many more. In addition, there's the people going out from the farm and interacting in the community in various ways. Think of sale barns. Um, think of you know other reasons that people have to go out from the farm to other locations. So farms really are, are businesses that are quite active and are really are not isolated uh, from interacting with other people. So we need to be thinking about every one of those interactions and what is the opportunity for coronavirus um, to enter our farm, to enter the ecosystem of our farm and begin to spread. And what can we do? How can we begin to limit contact between our employees and those people that are, that are coming in the, in the door? In the event of more serious situations, if, if uh, coronavirus gets closer to a farm or in the worst case scenario, if that farm is actually infected and has active cases um, happening, what, what, what can we do even more to um, limit the exposure? It may be that some of these interactions that we have, the veterinarian, as things become more serious, we may move to more just teleconference. The nutritionist, even right now, for a period of time, can can we just talk to that person um, over the phone or, or using a web-based technology in order to get away from the personal interaction? And even when we do have that personal interaction, can we make sure that there's no contact and that everyone's maintaining their six feet of distance and, and, and all those recommendations that are taking place? Farms need to think through these scenarios and begin to manage those more actively, again, to protect our workforce and to protect others. Another idea along those lines is to begin to keep a journal, a log of who is coming to the farm and interacting. If we do that, it helps us to, to understand who is coming from the farm so we can manage it better. But also in the unfortunate situation, um, the, if the farm does become infected, then it's our obligation to reach out to everyone who's been at the farm in the last 14 days and notify them that they may have come in contact with coronavirus. Kind of a daunting thought when you put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, what happens if, if an employee uh, on the farm actually becomes ill and it's there's reason to believe or it's even diagnosed as, as uh, COVID-19. There's issues around group housing. There's issues around care for this person. Uh, what, what, should, what, should, what should we be thinking about? Again, the CDC um, has recommendations about that, specifically uh, recommendations about what to do if you are sick, and also some specific guidelines for employers about managing uh, illness in the workplace. Uh, it's certainly in New York, um, local health departments have been designated as a, as a first contact. In any case, the, the first recommendations are, are stay home, isolate, um, stay in touch with your doctor. This is for individuals, and stay away from others. So if, if a person becomes seriously ill and they need to... Um, be in contact with a doctor in order to get the treatment that they might need. And we know that in you know extreme cases or with uh, situations where people have underlying illnesses, they, they might need even hospitalization in some cases. Majority of people, my understanding, you know, will recover um, from the virus and, and probably won't need the more extreme uh, treatment that, that people with underlying conditions or have an extreme case. If uh, the farm then does have a case 
uh, again, you need to communicate with everyone who's been on the farm. That's certainly one of the guidelines. You certainly need to communicate with your um, local health department because they, they are tracking actively and need to know where the cases are. And uh, they will work with the farm then, become very actively involved to manage isolation and um, to track where the virus might have spread from that farm. So your doctor, um, once they're involved, would certainly be in communication with the health authorities and then the health authorities would be in, in communication with the farm as well. So I know um, none of us want that kind of uh, that kind of attention for our farm, but in the very unfortunate situation that it would happen, I think it's important for the health of, of the workforce or the employees there and for all those other people that are in some way connected to not try to cover it up, but to notify the authorities and get the help that you really need. Well, as we approach the end of our time here, just step back a bit and give us an overview again of, of what the what the dairy farm owners and managers uh, should be, uh, how they need to be thinking about the situation. I think that um, we need to be planning for all those things that, that, that we've talked about and in and, and that prevention mode as much as we possibly can. But we also need to be thinking about what happens um, if it gets really bad. And we need to be thinking about how, let's, let's go through the thought process what if half of my workforce was unable to come to work? How could how would I get the cows fed and milked and just continue the basic operations? What are some of the other things that I might not do for a while? I might I might let the reproduction program slide. I might not you know have uh, some of the meetings that we might have had just in order to get things done. What might be some alternative sources? Are there some other people in the community? Are there some young people um, who are out of school right now that I might be able to call on to come and work at the farm for a while? Is there a neighbor that might be able to 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 help out. It's going to be different for every farm, but begin thinking through these situations so that if the worst case would happen and, and there's coronavirus on your farm, that um, you're not totally planning at the very last minute. So begin to plan those things right now. Well, I think that's a, a, a great thought to, to leave on, and I really appreciate you being with us. We've been talking today in this episode of Dairy Voice with Dr. Richard Stupp of Cornell University. He's with the Agricultural Workforce Development Program there. Happily, um, much of his information is appearing uh, across the internet and in print with some of these good management strategies. Uh, Rich, thank you very much for being with us. This is Joel Hastings speaking for Dairy Voice on dairybusiness.com. Dot com.